Mysteries abound in the great outdoors. People vanish without a trace. Silent specters are seen drifting quietly across roads, vanishing into the thicket of woods. UFOs are seen hovering over our forests, beaming lights down and vanishing just as quickly as they were seen. Large bipedal beings are seen towering over vehicles as they make their way down long, winding, dark roads near heavily forested areas. Hunters, lumberjacks, even firefighters have had encounters with a species of mammal we call Bigfoot. Men, women, children from different religious beliefs, cultures, races, and financial status have made claims of coming across, albeit briefly, with the silent sentinel of the forest. It takes a special kind of person to enter the woods, to live off the land, to hunt the creatures that live there and evade the ones hunting them. Names like Teddy Roosevelt, Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, Russell Acord. I, however, am not one of those men. No, no, for I am Dave Schrader and I live here. Welcome to my realm, a space devoid of pointy, dirty, pointy, bitey things. And aside from occasional kitten attacks that leap on my back during the show or bite my ass, this, this is a safe place. This is my world. This is the Paranormal 60. I'm not gonna stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't float. He doesn't stand for baloney. my darklings thank you for joining me here as we begin a new week in search of answers and as you can see by my dark wooded setting tonight we're going in search of bigfoot to try to understand this elusive being is it man or beast or something in between well there are few shows out there that have tried to tackle this and most of them somewhat tongue-in-cheek but there's one show that seems to stand head and shoulders above the rest and we'll begin today's program with a special message from one of those cast members with a big announcement just for you. Hey everyone, uh, super excited to let you know that season four is officially coming out on Discovery Channel on uh, Wednesday, August 30th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Finally, there is the news you've been waiting for. Hope you all tune in. Exciting news. You've been wanting more Bigfoot, more Expedition Bigfoot, and they are back this August 30th on Discovery Channel, the new home for answers to the questions that keep us all going insane at night. Joining me now, a good buddy of mine, Russell Acord, is here, and we're going to talk a little bit about the first three seasons of Expedition Bigfoot and talk about what we might be able to expect as we enter Alaska for season four. Russ, good to see you, buddy. Thanks for being here. Great to see you, and thanks for having me. Well, I want to make a quick mention. Uh, we have something pretty exciting coming up a little bit later on. Phenomicon, September 6th through the 9th at the Unita Conference Center in Vernal, Utah. Did I say that right? Unita? Unita? Unita. 
You enter. Yeah, yeah that's like, what I said. You enter. What do you enter? Yeah, you enter. <laughs> I'm into Bigfoot and so are you. So there's going to be a lot of great speakers that will be out there, but our guest Russell will be out there. He is the star of Discovery Channel's hit series, Expedition Bigfoot, U.S. Army veteran and a survivalist expert, author of several books, including Footprints of a Legend and Bigfoot and the Tripwire, Phenomicon, September 6th through the 9th. You can register now. Tickets are still available. There's an impressive lineup of guests that will be there. I will be there. We're going to have a great time, and we hope to see you there. There are links for that on today's program guide, so make sure that you check that out and join us. Everybody keeps asking, when are you going to come out to Utah? Well, I'm coming, and I'm bringing my friends. We're going to have a great time out there. This has been an amazing series, Russ, and obviously there's been shows before that have gone in search of Bigfoot, and some of them a little lighter-hearted, it seemed, a little bit more tongue-in-cheek from time to time. I really like that you guys have pulled together uh, and assembled a team that's taking this seriously, is taking the next scientific necessary steps into uh, investigating this. But maybe you could start real briefly for our listeners that may not be familiar with you. Bigfoot, what got you involved and interested in exploring this enigma? I would say it's probably 90% of the population saw that 19... 19- 67 footage the patterson gimlin film mm-hmm. where the uh they called it patty walking across the creek bottom and they just caught it kind of cruising across the front of them and down just down and out of sight and that's one of the most controversial films ever because they they everybody wants to debunk it or um, say it's not true then you have the other half that say it's true and then other people will say they see other things in the film but that's what got me intrigued, just because the that plus the historical piece of it as well. You see petroglyphs that show or depict Bigfoot, and that was long before the Patterson Gimlin film. And stories like that won't just come up, you know, without something that leads you to it. So mm-hmm. I just think that there's, uh, I believe in the possibility that there's something out there, and the fact that we haven't seen it come, you know, face to face with it. And some people tell some some very amazing things that they've come face to face with, they've seen it, they've touched it, that sort of thing. I have not. I've not actually come face to face or had one of those sightings that's within 10 feet kind of thing. And um, it'd be great if I did. It would probably change my entire perspective on when I go out in the field. But between that and the historical piece, the uh, Patterson Gimbo film was what really launched me into this. And how many years have you been researching and going out on the active investigative trail to try to find Bigfoot? Oh, man. If I tell you, that gives away a little bit of how old I am. <laughs> I would well, say... Give us the ballpark. Oh, more than 40 years. Okay. Uh, so then here's here's an interesting element to this, right? 40 years, and you haven't had that moment yet, that face-to-face moment or within 10 feet what keeps you inspired to continue to have that experience? Because I know as a paranormal investigator, if I had not by now seen a glimpse of a ghost or heard things that I believe to be ghostly apparitions or, or voices from another realm, I don't know that I could have stuck with it this long. But 40 years is a lot of commitment to wilderness sounds and hoping to have that moment. I am a, a bit of a... 
I need something more. So I, mm -hmm. I've seen some things that would people would say that's definitely Bigfoot. But uh, in fact, the first thing I ever saw was several miles away. I was on one hillside and all the way down the valley, across the valley and up the other hillside, I saw something traversing across a rock slide. And for all good intentions and purposes, it looked like a man in a ghillie suit. What they would be doing across a rock slide that far back in the mountains, because I was quite a ways back, is beyond me. I don't think it was plausible or practical for somebody to be just playing out with a big giant ghillie suit on. And I, I saw that, and it it's uh, it, it's just one of those things where I know some people would say they saw Bigfoot, but I had no secondary evidence. I did the following day get on that rock slide, but there was really a, it was hard to tell where it it could have been hoping to find one single fragment of hair. But through the years, I've seen things that just kind of give you that hint or give you a little tiny piece of it that keep you going. And I'm not really a quitter. I, I'm kind of stubborn that way. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this and go with me down this weird rabbit hole oh. for a minute, Ross, if you would. In the current world we live in, people are carrying guns now more than ever. How many hoaxers do you think are out there dressed in ghillie suits or uh, gorilla costumes trying to trick people? I would think that would be a poor decision in today's environment, especially with everybody looking for get-rich-quick schemes. Taking out a Bigfoot seems like a pretty good way to start that trend. Uh, you know, Do you believe that there really are all of these hoaxers just walking through the woods hoping to trip people up or freak them out? Sadly, there's been a couple that have been found out that way. I, I, I uh, remember reading an article not long, you know, several years, years back, I guess, up in Montana in the Kalispell Whitefish area. Somebody was, you know, just trying to play and running across the road with his Bigfoot costume on. The problem is he got hit by a car. Mm. And that was, and, but a lot of people said that they saw, you know, a Bigfoot. And the next thing you know, you realize, by reading the news, it was some, sorry for the terminology, but some jerk in a, in a costume trying to, trying to make a name for himself. And he did, sadly. Before we go too far off of the Patty Patterson-Gimlin mm -hmm. piece of footage, I've said it before and I maintain by this, and I'm curious what your thought is, you know, having um, obviously a more skeptical perception and want, needing to see more that footage started off as grainy, poppy, jumpy footage that was interesting. But as science progresses and technology progresses and we can steady that piece of footage and it, it becomes clearer and better, to me, it's become more indisputable as opposed to thinking things would fall apart the clearer and more stabilized we could get it it really looks to me like there is some kind of large bipedal creature, not in a costume, but that's my take. What is your take now that we're this far along in the, uh, the ability to examine that footage? So I'll try to keep this short. Um, Bob Gimlin has a first generation copy of the original that he had gotten from Rene Duhinden. Mm -hmm. And he has that in a vault. And he said, Russ, I'll share this with you if you want to have a look at it. And he entrusted it with, you know, he, he gave it to me to to take along with one that was also from John Green. Uh, I think it was John Green. Okay. Um, I had two copies. One of them was um, from Rene Duhendon, 
that was still it was in the envelope that he mailed it in. It was just a great wow. time, you know. Right. And then the other one, um, I took them both down to Arizona and had them cleaned and carefully. I mean, white gloves. These guys were. It was expensive to do it, but I had them do frame by frame, every single frame, clean it up and get a frame by frame shot of every single one of those side by side comparison with Renee's to the other one. Now Renee's was much more crystal clear. It was mm -hmm. really, um, it was, it was a great uh, piece of footage, piece of film that um, I, I looked at that pretty close because there's, there's the, uh, the 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 walk where you see everybody has that same photo of, of it looking over its shoulder. And um, it's pretty clear. But as it continues down the creek bottom and keeps going and keeps going, that was the part that intrigued me because it just kept walking nonchalant as if it didn't have a care in the world, was not um, upset by the fact that there were two guys on horseback. So that in itself, that's a typical... Uh, you know, the lion's walk, the, the king of the jungle doesn't act or show fear or um, could care less who's around when, when it walks by. It's just, it's doing its thing and it could care less. So that kind of had my interest, but going down to the site, um, the actual site, and you walk along that creek bottom, you realize it's cobblestone. And one of the things that the state penitentiaries uh, the state pens will use is they'll put this cobblestone between the the wire fence with the constantina wire on top of it that way if somebody does break across that first fence he has to run across this cobblestone to get to the second one and to traverse across that kind of terrain is pretty impossible and by then you've got the attention of you know the guys in the towers if you walk up down this creek bottom you have to look where you're planting your feet. You have to be careful. Mm -hmm. And it's treacherous. So if you think about, here I am, I want to pull off this, you know, I, I want to fool the world. Okay, so I'm going to put on this costume. And you know if you have something across your face, you have to look down and forward because it's right. not all against your eyes. You're wearing big clown feet on your, on your feet because you have to have a bigger foot than what's yours. And you're traversing across this cobblestone. E even today, it, with a really good costume, that would be virtually impossible. Mm -hmm. This thing walked with fluid, smooth motion and literally looked over its shoulder and kept the pace. That, to me, was pretty convincing. as some compelling stuff to watch that movement across that kind of ground without hesitation without having to look at where the feet were being placed so that was pretty that's got my attention more than any of it is just the uh that piece of it being able to to get across that ground if somebody was actually good enough back then to make a costume that could still be um one of those uh discussions where you know you could argue back and forth but the walking across that creek bottom you can't do it. You just can't. Yeah. And I, like I said, I've thought it's really fascinating that as we're able to clean the footage up more and get a cleaner yeah. perspective of it, I would think that it would start to fall apart. We would start to see issues in a costume. We would see the, the 
failings of it, but it seems right. that it just looks better and better the more we clean it up. Um, so that to me it has always been a really intriguing element to the Bigfoot phenomena, especially the Patty film. Um, so it's great to get kind of your perspective on this. And I know you've, you're friends with Bob uh, Gimlin and you're able to uh, talk with him and, and he's been very forthcoming, as you said, sharing this footage with you, sharing these stories. And I had uh, the opportunity to in interview him once and you could just hear in him the sincerity and kind of the, I don't need to prove to you what I saw. I saw what I saw. You've seen the footage of it. It's just kind of that. Yeah, it is what it is. Right. Uh, kind of kind of element, which I think is really, you know, was also very compelling to me. I never felt like he was trying to sell me anything. Right, right. He yeah. he's very um very genuine, very humble. Um and and you know, quite frankly, when I got copies of that film, I have every single frame in 4K. So you can really zoom in and see the green uh, I mean um it's it's great footage. I mean, it really is. And Bob doesn't pull any punches. I mean, people have asked him the hard questions, the tough questions. You know, how do we know? And it seems like they're always challenging him on that. And not once has he ever wavered. He had right. a, an offer. What was it? I believe he got a, an offer of a million dollars. Give me a million dollars. Uh, they said that they would give Bob a million dollars to tell the truth. And he said, well, go ahead and just give me the money because I've told you the truth. And clearly they wouldn't give it to him, but you know, it was just, they were trying to trick him into it and maybe tempt him with uh, money. And like you said, he always said, I saw what I saw. I know what I mm -hmm. saw. And he never questions that. I, I also had the chance to interview Philip Morris, who claimed to have created the costume uh, and had Bob Hieronymus, uh, who was a very big lumbering fellow, wear the costume. And Bob Hieronymus has claimed to wear it. I, the question that he could not answer properly for me was I said, look, I'm looking at 1967 technology. Planet of the Apes was pretty cutting edge and that still was pretty schlocky. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it was amazing for what it was, but you look at the other ape footage, like I, I've said 2001 Space Odyssey, that monkey at the beginning in front of the, the obelisk, it right. looks like a horrible costume. Uh, I think one of the best costumes ever had to be the ones from the Three Stooges, the guy that used to wear that gorilla costume. That was about the best. And I've never seen anything even close to it. And then I think it was, wasn't it the 80s or early 90s that that they gave Hieronymus and uh, Philip Morris money to recreate the costume? And what they came up with looked like something an eighth grader would have built. It was paper mache. It was horribly done. And I thought, and that's with... 21st century technology. This is the crap you're going to give me and tell me you were able to make something better in 1967. It just none none of that held any weight for me, uh, and and I think a lot of people feel that way as well. But I, I mentioned that just so I can stave off the mail. Whoa, Philip Morris and Hieronymus have already said that they were part of the fraud, and I really don't understand to what level they gain by saying that they were part of perpetrating a fraud that they were not a part of. Uh, it, it's so, it, it's just so strange to me. Um, the, the entire concept of how that all went down. And that has put kind of the strange black mark against the cryptid field, right? Because right. you've got something that is one of the most compelling pieces yet. You've got people willing to come forward and claim that they were the people in the costume and the people that made the costume without being able to provide any of it to show you what it was uh, or how it was made and how it looked that good. 
I think Hieronymus just said he wore football pads underneath the costume, which gave it the girthier look. And it, but none of it matches with the way the legs, none of it. It was just such a, a ridiculous uh, concept. But now here we are. We're in the 21st century. And I start asking around to my friends that have been involved in the, the, the Bigfoot field, Lauren Coleman and uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum. And, and I've said, what is, aside from Patty, what is really the most compelling Bigfoot footage in the last 55 years? And they can't point to many. There's amorphous black blobs. There's something fleeting in the woods. There's a lot of claims of bears. Bears do walk on their back feet for short periods of time. There is footage of them, but you can also see the way they walk does not look human-like in nature. And then, as I'm watching this little show, and I'm not sure if you've heard of it, Expedition Bigfoot Season 3, there's this, uh, this fella kind of believable in my opinion. And he's up on a ridge filming through a telescope when he captures what I think might be one of the most compelling pieces of footage that has been captured since the Patterson Gimlin film. And with your permission, Russ, I'd like to introduce you to the young fellow that took that video and show you the clip. Would would that be okay with you? Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> All right, we'll do that. But first, let's just take a quick break. And remember... They're coming back August 30th on Discovery Channel, Expedition Bigfoot. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. All right. We've got the footage now. Welcome back to the program. Uh, For those of you listening to this, you will hear the narration of what's taking place and uh, the young buck that caught this piece of footage, Russell Acord. Oh, check it out. Like a little black bear on the side of the hill. Let me get it settled. Zach. 
that thing just stood up. Like, stood up like you and I would just stand up. Look at that. Dude! It literally it stood up like you and I would, stood up on two feet and walked. A barrel stand on two feet, this was different, man. Holy crap. You gotta have me? Hang on. I can't see it. I'm trying to see if it comes out on the other side of those trees. And there's nothing. Where did it go? Zach. Holy we are going over there. I have to investigate this. This is seriously the most compelling thing I've seen since I've been doing research. Let's get our gear. Russ for Ronnie. Russ for Maria. Hey, Russ, go ahead. Hey, Russ. Go for Maria. I've got some amazing video that I need to share with you. Can you be at camp? I need to meet up with everybody. I just texted Bryce, and he's going to meet up with us back at base camp. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure to head back to camp. And I can't wait to see what you got on video. I'm on my way. Be careful. See you soon. Let's go. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. How's it going? What's up? You made Long it. time no see. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you are not going to believe what I got. Really? Hey. What'd you get? I'm not oh, hey. hey. Bryce. Awesome. How's it going, guys? Good. Good, Good. Good to see you, Good man. Good to see you, too. You guys want to go take a look? Yes. Heck yeah. Please. Let's do it. I'm excited to see what you got, Russ. You are not going to believe this oh video. God. I'd been kind of glassing this area with a telescope for a while. Mm -hmm. It's a long ways out, and I'm watching these clearings. Yeah. Understand something. It's, this is over a mile away. Okay. Oh, crap. And I see what looks like a bear on the hillside. So check this out. It looks like a bear. At first, that's what I thought I was looking at. It's just a yeah. bear. Until now. Watch this. Oh, my God. Whoa. If you do it slow. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. To me, that does not look like bear behavior. But if that's not a bear, then what is it? What? Dude, that thing is walking away. What I find most compelling about this video is the movement. The way that the head looks around before it walks off, there's a head-to-floor vertical position right. that is not like a bear's. And I honestly cannot think of any other animal out here that would move like that. I think Russ may have actually found something here. Oh, I think Russ found something there. Russ, that is an amazing piece of footage. Here we are, a year past you capturing that piece of footage. I'm sure you've reviewed it a million times since then. Any new thoughts? Yeah, it still gives me goosebumps. Um, I wanted so bad to go on that hillside and find footprints or hair or scat or anything. And um, it, the it, you got to understand the terrain over there. It's a lot of rock and really hard pan soil. So even even the the vegetation over there was really not giving me much to go on. You know, like I said, you know, I see things that most people would say that's definitely a Bigfoot. But I'm the kind of guy that if I see something. I'm not going to take one piece of evidence and say that was definitely Bigfoot unless I have 
two or three other things to back it up with. I wanted to, oh, I almost dropped my computer. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted, <laughs> my goodness. Uh, Relax. Deep breaths, yeah. Russell. We're, we're know, okay now. There's no Bigfoot. It, it just gets me worked up. Here. Right. I wanted um, a footprint. I wanted hair. I wanted something to stack on top of that footage. And then that would have been a lot more easy for me to, to push that out in front of me and say, look, this is some legitimate evidence. But a, a sighting like that, that far away, um, though very, very compelling, it, it, in the back of my mind, I have my own thoughts, and I and I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say, but um, uh, what what does the the guy say on uh, the alien show? I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's but, aliens, right? Yeah, yeah. that w- it, again, you're right, and I love the fact that you're looking and you're like, oh, it's a little bear. Look at that. You're just kind of enjoying nature and its natural habitat, and then it stands up and it's got that kind of human deal and you almost see like an arm come up like it was like swatting a fly or something and then it just kind of looks around and then takes off and that was a totally natural human look and movement as opposed to kind of that lumbery bear walk that they do uh very cool honestly i know that you know it's it's hard to do that again for me russell but put your mindset back to that moment when it stood up and you see its head then pop up and move around. And, and what what is going through your brain at that exact moment? Uh, that's why I, I don't know why. I'm looking at, at this scope, seeing it as close as I can through a scope in the camera. And when it stands up and walks away, what do I do? I look up and like I'm going to see it better. Right. You know? Because I, I clearly, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It just, it wasn't real to me. And it, it, I, I questioned everything because I'm I'm thinking in my mind that I just see that the way I just saw it, and being able to play it back over and over and over again is just is amazing to see it. I just wish I could have seen it come out the other side of the trees. Anything you have to understand we, where we were. There's a lot of bear in that area, and I'd seen right. we'd seen several bear throughout the day: deer, elk, bear, whatever. And I just thought it was just another cute little black fuzzy black bear until you know it stood up yeah so, that head goes up yeah uh insane have you and and help me i do apologize i've seen so many of the different shows now and they uh, some parts run together have you used a parabolic or a laser microphone in those situations when something is at a distance and have you picked up anything from that that you felt was uh outside of the normal especially with the creature you know what you're picking up does not sound like bear noises i believe where were we uh, in season two in oregon we had uh we used the parabolic mic and i'm telling you um i i can i plug somebody here real quick of course okay uh robert Kreider um uh, has this in fact he'll Maybe we can get his information if you wouldn't mind throwing it out there. But he builds these parabolic mics. And this guy is the um, – he's a genius, the stuff that he comes up with and he can piece together. But the parabolic mic we use on the show, there was something out in the darkness way out ahead of us. And I remember Maria putting the headset on and putting the microphone, you know, pointing it out in the woods because we were we were hearing stuff, but it was too far out to get a good um, reading on the thermal because it was pretty dense. And she said she could hear it breathing. 
something was out there. She could hear it. Inhale, exhale. It, it could have been a bear, deer, elk. Who cares? The fact that that thing picked up sound that far away and you could actually hear the inhale and exhale was pretty cool. I think that's yeah. a very valuable tool out there. But I also caution people from hearing like tree knocks or certain sounds and saying, oh, it's, I guarantee you, I heard three knocks in a row. That was Bigfoot. It's a sound, you know, um, if you can pair that up with a good thermal, if you can pair that up with a footprint and hair and piece right. all together, then, then that, then you've got something. But um, the parabolic mic is if you can carry one with you because they're bulky, they have that big, right. Um, but the, if you can keep one with you in your field kit, man, what an incredible tool. I'll have to talk to my buddy, Bill Chapel. He creates a lot of the different equipment you've seen on the ghost shows. And I know he's got a laser microphone and I'd like to see if he could create a compact laser microphone that you could have in a situation like that, where you could, when you're seeing something, you could aim it with the speaker right there. See if you're able to pick up any of the noise from it and, and, you know, get, that would be an amazing moment too, right? Cause if you're hearing, Oh, oh God, my back hurts. Now that's going to take and, you out of the yeah. fact that it's, it's maybe a backpacker or somebody right. just far enough out there. Uh, you know, that's going to help out in those situations, but you said it wrong, Dave, you said it wrong. What? You're supposed to say laser laser. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Now you've Sorry. had a chance to go out there, see these things. I think what's fascinating to me about your work on these shows as well is obviously you're there to look for this, I don't know if creature is the right word, uh, being. And I love the fact that you also, during season three and in previous seasons, you've encountered these kind of shadowy figures um, when you've been investigating, things that seem to be there and not. And, you know, there's been a lot of people that believe Bigfoot might be an interdimensional being. We're seeing, a, you know, him as he steps between dimensions. That's why he's there one second, gone the next. Uh, you know, that there are different, you guys cover it in the episode so beautifully as well. There are different native traditions and, and oral histories that talk about these shadow tribes that exist just beyond our normal realm of, of consciousness um, and, and, and can be there one second and not the next. Is it weird for you already being on that kind of realm of I need to see something more to then when you start delving into the shadowy figures and mystical being aspect of this kind of hunt? So when you talk to Ronnie LeBlanc, he's he's really into, you know, that native um, research piece of it, the mm -hmm. UFO, the interdimensional, the that piece of maybe it's not flesh and blood. And I've always maintained that if it leaves a footprint, it's got to have body weight. So it's got to be flesh and blood. If it puts out a thermal, it's got a beating heart, which means it's putting out heat, which means it's flesh and blood. And then interdimensional. If you think that if, if I were interdimensional and I could go from here to your place and have a sandwich and come back here, I would leave footprints along the way. I wouldn't, you know, I would just get there. So I wouldn't leave a trace behind. So that's why I've always really um, hung on to that. However, here we go. Here's the part where I, I put my foot in my mouth. I've been listening to Ronnie 
And if he's right and I'm wrong, I accept that. And I think, man, that's, that's amazing. Cause he's been spot on all this time and I've been wrong or vice versa. Mm-hmm. But there's things that have happened out in the field that there's no explanation for. And I know you're comfortable with that, that, uh, that strange, you know, high strangeness. But for me, I like, I've always just been feet on the ground, grounded. You can touch it. You can feel it. You know what it is. And, um, I like my definitions for things. You know, I like to be able to, to duplicate it and say, yeah, this is why it is the way it is. This is how it works. But like when I see a thermal just literally vanish in front of my eyes, that kind of made my skin crawl. When we see shadows that there's no origin, it just, they were shadows and then they were not. And there was mm-hmm. nowhere it could have come from or gone to. That's when I, you know, I start scratching my head thinking, okay, now how can I wrap my logic head around this? And it's not always that simple. And oftentimes I'm the guy walking away saying, well, I can't explain it. I have to just accept that I can't explain that. So it's, it's a battle. It is. Now you, you also tackle the fact that you, you were seeing these light anomalies mm-hmm. in the woods. And, you know, this has been, people have called it gas, uh, you know, gas balls or, or ball lightning, uh, you know, different, different perspectives on that. Some believe it to be spiritual in nature. Some believe it to be elemental or just natural. Uh, some believe it to be fey or, or sprites. Um, I have, and I'll have to connect you. I have a friend of mine. He believed that his business, his warehouse was very haunted and he had all these cameras set up. And the one day he brought me to his office in California and he goes, just we go upstairs and we're sitting there at his monitoring station, which overlooks the area where his cameras are. And he goes, just watch what I see. And all of a sudden you'd see these light shafts just open up and start moving through the room. And it wasn't like a figure. It was like a shaft of light would just come out of nowhere and move around in a closed room. And then it would go up the wall and you would see it go to like towards a light bulb, fluorescent light bulb, go into the bulb and then kind of follow the light. It, Russ, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And these, but it would, it would just be dark and everything you're seeing through the night vision. And all of a sudden, boom, there's another shaft of light that starts moving around. I still have no explanation for it. This guy legitimately is like a laser scientist um, and he worked with lasers. And I said, do you think you're with the work you're doing here? Is there any chance you're, you're tearing holes in the fabric of reality? He goes, I would think that sounds like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Only I can't explain what the hell's happening here. And he's seeing these light forms and he would hear, sometimes he would get them in, uh, corroborating so you like you like to have multiple things layered he would have that light start moving around and then you would start hearing what sounded like children's laughter oh or people talking and walking and he's like i don't know what i don't know what the hell's going on here um so with the lights and i've seen another strange variety in a couple places including indoor and outdoor um these i call them tinkerbells where all of a sudden I just see this spray of sparkles just out of nowhere. And I grew up with lightning bugs. I know what they look like. And no, this is literally like Tinkerbell just whacked her wand and you see that little array of sparkles. I've seen it indoors and outdoors, and I can't understand it. The people I'm with can't understand it. We've seen it in large groups and small groups alike. Have you seen that sparkle 
kind of happen as well. No, but I'll tell you what, Dave, I'm going to have to do some research with you because it seems like you get into some pretty cool stuff too. I'd like to, I would love to go to that warehouse. That, yes. that intrigues me. But, um, and I don't know what you're, where you sit with this, but I think that as beings, as humans, mm-hmm. when we're born, we're, we're energy. We are right. a, a form of energy, no matter how you look at it. And when I pass on my, you know, whatever that you call this mass of skin suit and bones, once it the it takes its last heartbeat, where does the energy go? And um, you know, it's it's always been a question. I've never really dug into it too deep, but I've had some. I've I've seen some things that were strange, and I couldn't explain that. Um, like you're talking about energies that that you can visibly see but aren't really there. Hmm. And I never I never really. I didn't dig into it because I thought, and my own opinion, uh, and is there's there's negative energy and positive energy out there, and you're like a doorway. So if you open up and accept any kind of energy, you're going to accept the the bad with the good. And mm-hmm. I was never open to either one. I just figured I accept, you know, not understanding, seeing something that I don't understand, and I'm good with that. But I don't want to invite it into my core and have it. A- itself to me if that's indeed what right. I can do. So it's it's just a it's just a strange mindset. I'm just kind of stubborn that way. I always keep that wall up and and I and I see things that I acknowledge but I don't uh, I don't pursue it. Okay. Not like you. I mean right. But you're but you're now you're in my realm as well, Russ, because you're you're going for Bigfoot. You're seeing light anomalies. You're yeah. you're also dipping into the realm of remote viewing. You had a remote viewer help you in season three, and eerily okay. accurate remote viewer who showed you this is what's here, this is what you're gonna find, this is where you're gonna find evidence, and that's lined up perfectly. And I love the look of surprise on all of you guys when you're like, oh, what? <laughs> that or am I mis- misunderstanding it? I to me it looked like you guys were blown away by the fact that it lined up exactly as he said. So Dave, I'll I'll, I'll confess to you. I've always um you know looked at mediums, remote viewers and that kind of thing. I've always thought okay, you can be pretty ambiguous and and kind of cast a broad net, wait for a reaction and say okay, I'm on the right track and kind of keep pushing. This guy Christopher Duncan, he said, "Hey, can I do a can I do a remote viewing on you?" And I thought, "Okay, Chris, whatever. I'll play your game. Hit me with your best shot. Let me see what you got." And I thought they were going to show it on the show because he actually, um, because I'm that I'm that standoffish. I ain't buying your crap, you know. And I and I was pretty verbal about that when I was talking to him. I said, "You know, you can do it, but I, I I'm not buying into this." And he made my skin crawl for about 20 minutes. I mean, he detailed things and he wouldn't look at me. He turned his he turned away from me and he's writing on a piece of paper and he's just he just he said, Let me just let me connect. Let me let me just kind of get somewhere with you. And he didn't ask questions. He told me. And you know, he described to a T uh, it to include a landmark that is uh, a global landmark right by a piece of property that you know, he said, this is a piece of property that is um, very special to you because it's uh, it has that historical, you know, family value. And I'm thinking, yeah, so what? Family property. Okay, now we're nowhere. He right. said, it's got a lot of white around it, and it was built by um, 
uh, one of your relative's hands, and there's a small stream or a very small creek next next to it, right in front of it, right right beside it. And I mean, he described this log cabin that my dad built in the Aspens with a little tiny stream right in front of it. And he he went into detail about this stupid landmark. And if you look up on the uh, world's largest smokestack, it's in Anaconda, Montana, this big, tall. He said it's really, really reaches to the sky. I don't remember what all he said, but he just and I, I'm just sitting there and I'm trying not to try not to acknowledge him. But right. I, I thought, OK, we're done here. <laughs> you, you um, so Jerry, that was his reading on you. But he also did a oh, reading for where you guys were going to go remote viewing. Right. So I w that's why I was skeptical. I'm thinking, okay, he's he's telling us what we're going to be coming in contact with, and I thought, whatever, until he actually made me see that he had there's something to it. And then when we went out into the field later on, and these things that he had said would we would see, it it was like he'd already looked at our roadmap and said, oh yeah, you're going to see these great big enormous timbers um, laying on, you know. And a fence and something about hair on a fence. And, and I'm thinking before he had that reading, um, I wasn't buying it. And everything that he said was right in front of us. It was ridiculous. And they did find hairs, but I'm not going to tell you if it's Bigfoot or something else. But I will tell you that it is some of the most interesting and fascinating details that they were able to uncover. And it does, definitely does leave you believing that there is something that we don't know about out there. And I'm not going to tell you if it's man, wolf, or, or Bigfoot, but watch. If you haven't caught up on Season 3, go check out Season 3. Season 4 launches August 30 on Discovery Channel. Make sure you go check that out. Uh, Russ, would you hang in just a few more minutes with me to the top of the hour? I've got a couple commercials to do, and then let's show the this clip from what we can expect for Season 4. Would you do that? I'd love to. You bet. All right. All right. Hold hold tight. We'll be right back. We've got more to share right here on the Paranormal 60. Innovation, creation, vitality, and joy are the pulse of MySoulTopia.com. With many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit, along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and healing energies. MySoulTopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm, which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoulTopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoulTopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. Offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry, with prices to fit every budget. MySoulTopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers, expertly curated and award-winning book collections from top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. MySoulTopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones. Crystals and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoulTopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, 
mysoultopia.com. That's mysoultopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? mysoultopia.com. Again, that's M Y S O U L T O P I A.com. Haunted Magazine, issue 38, Hot Summer Frights, is an electrifying edition that will send shivers down your spine. Dive into a world where history and mystery, the normal and the paranormal, intertwine. In the latest edition, we look at the Hell House hauntings, the terror of the Warminster thing, the Borley Rectory, Sin Eating in Shropshire, and just what the heck is the Grampus? You can find our magazine at the website hauntedmagazineprintshop.com and selected outlets in the UK, Canada, Australia, and the United States. So grab your copy today. And remember kids, don't be normal, be paranormal. All right, you can join Russ and I, along with a myriad of other speakers from Skinwalker Ranches to Expedition Bigfoot, the Holzer Files, and more. We are all going to be on hand having an amazing weekend. Phenomicon returns September 6th through the 9th, and that is in the... How do... How, I can't say it. Russ, my you, mouth refuses to... What do you enter? You enter. What do you enter? Uinta Conference Center in Vernal, Utah. It's going to be an amazing weekend. Uh, please come on out, have some fun with us. You can get information and tickets at uh, ticket information at darknessevents.com. Go check that out, darknessevents.com. And we are just a few weeks out from the Anderson House Paranormal Weekend Investigation in Wabasha, Minnesota. I will be the lead investigator for the weekend. Handful of tickets. I think there's literally only four or five tickets that remain. If you'd like to get off the couch and get into the game and come on out and investigate one of Minnesota's haunted, make sure that you check it out with me. Again, you can get information. It's the Anderson House in Wabasha, Minnesota. You can find information about it at darknessevents.com and let's get creepy this Halloween weekend October 27th and the 28th in Napanock, New York I'll be at the Haunted Shanley Hotel along with Scotty the Medium we'll be investigating, doing talks meet and greets and having a great time there are still a few rooms available at the Shanley Hotel and there are tickets for the meet and greets and investigations go check it out, again information and tickets at darknessevents.com, Russell Acor our guest this evening as we're talking Bigfoot, we're talking all things Sasquatchy, and uh, you've got a new season coming up before we show the, the teaser for that. Uh, what has been the biggest surprise to you out of three seasons of doing the show, starting where you came in with your mindset and where you are today? What can you tell me is, is the biggest change for Russell? I say the paranormal aspect of it, and I, and I don't like to say that you know, lately, I, I've always, I am flesh and blood. There's, I, I'm not going to take anything from that. I've always been flesh and blood. But like I said, some of the things that have happened that are unexplainable, um, that really have no rhyme, no reason, you know, things don't simply vanish that put off um, a thermal trace. And it did. And I, I've, I've, I've got a couple of theories of mine that I've tried 
to make a thermal vanish like that by you know cooling the body extremely fast and that's like the polar plunge you know that's the only way you can really do it but out in an open field it was pretty much impossible um the shadows still um you know those are the things that have that have had me questioning a lot of my research and a lot of things that we've we've seen and found and uh it's i mean I, i'm good with it just need to sort through it do you ever feel obviously aside from the natural elements and the lions and tigers and bears oh my that are out there in the woods do you ever feel like you might be in danger especially when you're seeing shadowy figures that have no origin you're seeing and and hearing noises that don't seem to register with any other kind of natural noises i'm one of two things i'm i i i'm not afraid you know there's some things that'll startle you but i'm not afraid so either i'm I'm unafraid or I'm just incredibly stupid. One of the two. I mean, I know that there's the dangers are, that are out there are real, but I've spent my lifetime, you know, teaching myself, you, you know, things that the, that make sounds at night are the exact same things that make sound in the daytime. And you learn to identify those and not let them get to you. Um, so I, I, I know there's dangers out there, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let it change my patterns or my methods. Right, but I'm not talking about just regular landslide dangers. I'm talking about shadowy figures that come from nowhere and vanish just as quickly. Light sources that are there one second and gone the next. Heat signatures of large creatures standing within yards of you that are there one second and gone the next. That's got to be a little bit more unsettling. When It's unsettling watching it from the comfort of my living room on a TV, but I do have to shut the drapes because I don't want to turn around and see a Sasquatch staring at me while I'm watching your show. But what's it like to actually be in the field having those moments? Um, I was trying to avoid that because, not going to lie, it, 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 it makes you nervous. You know, it makes you question... Um, you know, what am I missing? You know, what, what gear, what tools do I need? What do I need to make this particular moment better? Because I can't identify what I'm seeing. What do I need to be able to do that moving forward? You know, I, I like having, I, I'm a gadget person. I like my gadgets, my tools, and I'd like to have uh, something that gives me more of a comfortable feeling when something like that happens, where I can just kind of in my mind say, okay, well, this is what, it, this is what I need to, to, apply to this situation right now because I understand this and the things that's, I think that's what gets to me is the things I don't understand. Yeah. It's nerve wracking. You know, I don't, um, I don't pee my pants or anything, but it does, it does get you kind of get your blood flowing pretty good. I've had a lot of people that have asked me to, to ask the cast members of your show, do you bring weapons guns with you when you're filming, especially being out in the woods that deep, knowing you may run into a natural animal that might want to eat you. Uh, that's no, uh, the, the, the network won't allow it where, I mean, if, if when I go out on my own, I'm always packing when I'm with the network, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, I have some hand tools with me that I can use, but they always give us the, the bear spray, which is very effective actually. And that's basically the the one thing, the one known risk that we're might come in contact with is a bear or a mountain lion. And that's a very effective tool. I mean, they give us some pretty strong stuff to 
to do it. The only problem is I just hope that I'm not, you know, the wind's not blowing at me instead of away from me, you know, because then I'll, I'll just taste like pepper when he's eating me. I, I don't know. Um, well, the good news is most times if they're coming at you, it's because you're downwind from them, right? They're they're following your scent. So if they're coming at you, most likely you can hopefully get that zap off beforehand. What's hopefully. the... What's the uh, end game for you, Russell, if you and the team are out there and you hear something and you guys charge around the corner and there's a nine-foot bipedal, very angry creature, uh, do you tackle it? Do you offer it gummy bears? What do you do to try, try to have a moment besides capturing it on film? I, I have a plan for that, too. And, again, probably the most stupid thing on the planet. Mm -hmm. Um you know, it's a world of selfies, right? Right. If I if I ever get to where I'm anywhere near something like that, I want to put my hands on it. Mm -hmm. I do. I want to get. And and if if you uh, find me under a glacier a hundred years from now, and you know that um, I was attacked by a bigfoot, look under my fingernails because I'm going to have a handful of skin and fur. You know, that's <laughs> I, I'm that's what I'm looking for. So I always joke, you know, if I see a Bigfoot, I'm going to run up, grab a, a snatch a handful of chest hair, do a selfie and run and hope I get out of there. But um, I would, I mean, literally, I would want to get my hands on it. I don't need to shoot right. it. I don't need to kill it. No. I know you exist. I don't need to shoot you to, to prove it to anybody that, I mean, I, I don't believe in killing something just to, right. to satisfy science or anything else. It's, mm -hmm. it's, and I, that's why I want my, hair footprint photographs all that to to put together as one really amazing piece of evidence i don't need a body all right now for three seasons you guys have gone to some of the most amazing locations you're heading off to alaska for season four let's show a quick teaser of that right now next season on expedition bigfoot Alaska is unforgiving. Doesn't care how tall you are, how short you are, or who you know or who you don't know. If you're not careful in this country, it'll take you out quick. There's a vastness in Alaska that makes you feel small. The trees are towering, the ground consumes you. Feels more wild, more raw than anywhere else we've been before. If there's anywhere that a creature could be hiding and thriving, it's going to be on an island like this. Expedition Bigfoot returns for season four, August 30th, only on Discovery. All right, you guys are off to Alaska. What can you, what can you tease us with? Russell, as you're heading into this new season, and it's already filmed, it's in the can. Obviously, you survived this season. Barely. What, what can we find out? <laughs> what What can we look forward to this year? The only thing I can say is, um, you know, when they say things are bigger in Texas, they haven't been to Alaska yet. That is the most untamed, wild, amazing place I've ever been, and it's 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 as rough as it gets. There's nothing tender and soft and warm and fuzzy about it. It will literally kick your butt every day. And um, it's treacherous. It's scary. The, the wildlife will get you. I mean, it's you have to be, you know, paying attention. Um, as far as season four, <coughs> I would recommend putting uh, 
installing safety belts on your um, lounge chairs and your recliners <laughs> in your living room because it's going to be a hell of a ride. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Russell, how, how long do you think we are with the way that we're constantly infringing on nature? How, how far out are we before we have definitive proof of Bigfoot? I think, I think we've already, you know, I, when I do my presentation, I talk about, you know, everybody's got this piece of the puzzle. And once we have put all the pieces together, we're going to have the whole picture, you mm -hmm. know? And I think that, um, I think we have what we need. I think we, the evidence is there in front of us. It's a matter of being able to kind of align everything and put it all in the same space. Um, I think as far as, you know, that ground breaking, um, wow factor, there's no contesting this. I, we're not, we're not far. We're not far at all. Not with the advancement of technology and the more people that are getting out. I think we're very close. All right. One last question with all of the thought of like David Pauliti's books about missing people in all of these massive forest areas. Do you believe that Bigfoot is responsible for any of those at all? I would not be surprised. Realistically, I wouldn't be surprised. Whether it's companionship, whether it's, uh, I mean, very morbidly to say it, but whether it's um, consumption, uh, you, you don't know. Um, animals, if you look at Bigfoot as an animal or a predator, you know, there's, uh, you have to survive one way or the other. And um, it would not surprise me. I, I hope I'm wrong, but, you know, anything's on the table at this point. Agreed. Again, remember, you can see and meet Russell uh, at Phenomicon in uh, Vernal, Utah. You can look up the information at darknessevents.com. You get a chance to meet with him and some of his castmates that will be on hand. I believe that uh, there's also going to be a Bigfoot hunt or investigation that's taking place during this weekend event as well. So you can find more information by going to the website. I want to thank you for serving our country. Seriously, thank you for, for doing that. And thank you for continuing to entertain us and showing your passion and uh, desire to learn about this being and take us along on that journey. We appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. And I will see you in a few weeks at the Phenomicon. I look forward to it. Thank you all for joining us here tonight. Remember, do me a favor, rate and review this program. And if you're watching it on YouTube, make sure that you hit the like button, subscribe, hit that little bell so you never miss one more minute of the best in paranormal talk radio. We'll be back on Wednesday with the news crew. We've got stories from around the world to share, including a brand new Nessie hunt that's going to be underway. They are claiming will be the biggest hunt for Nessie yet. So we've got that information and so much more. We hope you'll tune in Wednesday live for that program to spend a little bit more time with us. And thank you for taking us along on your journey. And may the darkness be just a little bit more light with the information that we share here on the Paranormal 60. Mm -hmm.